Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking about fascial stretch therapy with Carissa Gaylardo. Ladies and gentlemen, episode number 39 of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. We are here with Carissa. We are talking fascial stretch therapy, the importance of it, what fascia is, why we would use it, and why we would need a therapist for this process. Carissa, hello. 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 How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm phenomenal. I'm just dandy. Phenomenal. Great. So we want to talk fascia and the importance of it. And I think we want to start with what fascia is. So fascia is the connective tissue that surrounds the entire body and penetrates and wraps around the muscles, the nerves, the organs, and just about everything in your body. So it's like the glue that holds everything together. So the way fascia was kind of explained to me is chicken breast. Yeah, I had the exact same Mm. same thing in mind. You know, like the the skin that like the, the slimy film yeah. around the muscle. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, it also it's around the muscle. It's around your organs. It's around the brain and spinal cord. And it actually looks like they compared to a spider web because it's it penetrates in and around everything inside our body. So I'm picturing like I'm picturing chicken breast. I'm always picturing chicken breast when. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm talking about fascia. And yep. so it's like, say you have like two pieces of chicken, right? And it's like you have, it's got, it's got this surrounding, right? And then it kind of like ties off at the end of it and then connects to the next muscle. Is that how that works? Pretty much. So there's layers and layers. So there's, there's deep fascia, there's superficial fascia, and it, it goes all the way into your organs. So exactly like you said about the chicken breast, how is there's layers and layers of that chicken breast. And as you bite into that chicken breast, you see the different layers as you pull it apart. And that's, that is kind of a good description. I've never heard that before. I feel like that's the only way I've learned. That's, it. Yeah, that's the only way I've learned it. As really? Well. Yeah. And that if you if like when you're cooking, I usually you usually pull that the fascia off and yep. put it like to the side. So if you put it on a napkin off to the side as you're cooking your chicken breast, that fascia can get really dry and it yep. can kind of crumple, I guess is a word. Um, yeah. So if you don't keep it lubricated, it's hydrated and it has something to encase it. It basically dies. Wait, yeah. how do you pull exactly. the fascia off? I usually just haven't you ever done that? Oh my god, <laughs> no, I, I do just, it all the time. I, I just tenderize it with like the hammer with like the the, the, the mallet on the end. Yeah, yeah, type thing. And yeah, I see, just, I always I pull it off. It. I usually fascia, rip it off, actually. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> the fascia is like the worst part of the chicken breast. Well, evidently it's the most important part of our body. So yes. All right. maybe so, we should be giving it better so respect. So, <laughs> so, so let's get into that. Carissa, why is the fascia useful and like why why is it important that we know about this? So it's important that we know that the fascia communicates with the entire nervous system. And it will communicate with the muscular nervous system. It communicates with the endocrine system, the circulatory system. 
every system in our body, when your fascia is being taken care of and is hydrated, like, like Nicole said, that's how we keep our body at optimal levels. So that's why it's important that we know about this and we do our best to keep it hydrated and stretch it and nourish it the way that it needs to be. Yeah. So we need to keep it healthy in order for everything else to function. I mean, if you mention organs, you know, every time we talk about fascia from an exercise standpoint, we really just focus on muscle tissue, but you mentioned the nervous system. And I'm sure that as if it is, uh, I'm struggling with my words today, if it is neglected, that's the word I was looking for, then it can wreak havoc in all aspects of our body. Right. So since that it, it's this philosophy that it's interconnectedness in that muscle. I'm mm. having trouble too speaking. <laughs> and <laughs> these, the fascia works in lines, which we're going to talk about the myofascial lines, which are enclosed in the organs, muscles, and other tissues. And they're connected, which that helps them work in the lines and it creates stability, resistance, power, and it helps creating that fluid movement and balance in the body. Basically, so one of the things that I learned about fascia, obviously, as a dancer, is different ways to, I don't even, is stretch it the right word or nourish it as a better word? So we talk about tuning our nervous system when we talk about the fascia. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a, a word that um, the creators of FST, Ann and Chris, came up with to keep it kind of um, to Me, the population. Strange in layman's term, we're stretching, but there's so much more that happens in the FST session because it's almost like this transformational art you're doing with the body and the client. So the client and the practitioner work together to downregulate that nervous system and get that client to the place where they need to be. So yes, there's stretching in it, but there's so many other things that go on within that session as well. So I've learned fascia from from like an area of foam rolling. Okay. And, and from an area of um, flossing. Yes. Right. So like, how does that tie in? Like, where did those have their benefits in terms of aside from just having like a fascial stretch therapist working on them? Where does foam rolling and um, flossing like where does that tie in? I think those are great techniques and those are techniques I've also used and I still use those in my sessions, but with FST and a fascial stretch therapist, there are principles that we follow. So one of the principles is we follow breath with the movement. So movement and breath. And now you're not just stretching and staying in one position. Now you're working in multi-directional positions to get that fascia and that tissue to release. So we're not just stretching it. We're actually getting that tissue to respond. So that's why it's a little different than just stretching. And the foam rolling is great because you want that tissue to respond when you're foam rolling as well. But now we're using joint traction and we're using PNF and a little bit of a dance in order to get you to that place that you need to be. See, that's why dancers love it because you use the word dance (laughs) in terms of the movement, because I have experienced it. uh, Obviously when I danced, we did a lot of this type of body work and it was, it's pretty incredible. The level of relaxation that you can create when you have someone that helps you, you mentioned PNF, like a little bit of resistance and then the relax and the breath. And I've also I may correct my terms because I'm, I haven't done it in a little bit, but, um, like for example, if we're opening my hip structure, um, my practitioner would use like circular motion with the hip joint 
So that's um, and- exactly what we do as well. It's another principle. I didn't want to get into all the principles, but traction, PNF, breath, um, moving in a circular motion. We call it circumduction or oscillation in order to oscillation. get there. That's oscillation. the word I was trying to think of. Yeah. And we um, use that to warm up the joint capsule because if I have clients that come on the table and they're like, they can't let go and they can't relax, that will help that nervous system downregulate a little bit in order that for us to move to the next part of the stretch. Yeah. I think it's interesting when, like when I have clients, when I say, Hey, have you stretched or have you rolled? A lot of the times it's um, in one plane of motion um, and it's static. And so again, correct my terms, but moving through lengthening, stretching and breathing is it a completely different way of feeling a muscle or fascia release? Yeah, that's uh, what we came, they came up with an FST. Chris and Ann came up with the stretch wave. And even when you're stretching yourself, we teach our clients to go into the stretch a way where you would go out of it in a different way. So you go into the stretch and then go go out of it. So you don't recoil that fascia and you're actually moving in a nice flow so that you're kind of, like you said, not in a linear plane. It's an asymmetric, asymmetrical or circular multidirectional, which, mm-hmm. you know, it, it has its, um, the research shows that it works and people love it and, and we get it, great responses. Yeah. I can certainly vouch for it yes. works and it feels amazing. Yes. It's very different. Like, so for, can you give us an example of like a particular type of stretch? Like I'm thinking like a hamstring stretch, just simply because that seems pretty simple. And a lot of people utilize that. What would be the difference between if I tried myself to just reach for my toes to stretch my hamstring versus if I was on the table with you? Cause I know on the table, there are straps across the table that anchor one part of my body down. So can you like Just give us a little bit of a description of the difference of maybe you stretching my hamstring versus me doing it myself. I get that question all the time. My clients come in and they say, I I have such tight hamstrings. And I do an assessment off the table where I have them touch their toes. And then I do an assessment where they're on the table. So I do an active Mm -hmm. assessment and then a passive assessment. And you could just see a difference there. So once we traction that joint a little bit to get them warmed up, now I could even get you into a deeper range that you might not have even got into when you were standing. Mm -hmm. So now I will take the client into the position where I feel the tissue responding. So that's called R1. So in FST, we use R1, R2, and R3. And now I take you to that first resistance where a lot of clients will say, I don't feel a stretch. And that's great because I don't want you to feel a stretch yet because I'm just, I feel your body responding. And that's how it's a little different than um, regular or traditional stretching because I don't put that client into their stretch right away. Mm -hmm. I get them there. And then I give a little bit of a modified PNF for what we do. We actually use our bodies for the PNF object instead of a band or right. a, um, a strap. So now the pressing against the practitioner and then one to three seconds with the breath, we're going into that next stretch, but we're going into a different direction. So right. now we're getting a different plane of that fascial line. And then that happens. And then we actually fan that leg out all the way to the opposite side of the table and then we go back into the other direction. You you feel that in the adductor, the hamstring. And then when we go in the opposite direction and bring that leg across, now you're feeling it in your rectus femoris and your hips. So now they're getting that lateral line stretch. So we don't talk about the, the body in 
muscles, either we talk about the fascia and the area that we're stretching. So that's also unique to FST. I guess I want to kind of dive into just the benefits of stretching in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, we talked about the benefits of uh, FST and having a fascial stretch therapist uh, work on you versus doing traditional stretching. But why yes. would we want to stretch to begin with? So I grew up in the fitness and health background and I was an athlete my whole life. And I remember just growing up and going to that softball or volleyball practice that was always in you know, our routines. And when we were younger, we were flexible. So we kind of did that in our everyday lives. I think that as we get older and now being behind the computer more, being on our phones um, with, you know, kids growing up in this world of technology, that's like something that we've gotten away from. And I think for a lot of my clients, they experience um, soreness in their lower back, in their upper back. I have a lot of clients that come to me because the types of stressors they have in their job, you know, if they have a high functioning job where they're always in fight or flight. So the reason for stretching is kind of unique to the individual. And that's what I always say when someone comes to me and, and people come to me and say, what type of people do you work on? And I like to say I'm a specialist in lower back and neck, but I really work with the client that comes to me to make their, their treatment particular to them and and unique to them. It's great for reduction of pain. It's great for energy. It's great for pre and post surgery clients. It's great for my athletes that want to just avoid injury throughout their season. And I know, you know, if you could relate being a trainer, you know, just telling our clients to stretch on a daily basis. So I do that, right? I do active stretches. I have my, you know, my clients doing, you know, kicking their feet all over the place and doing Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man, lun- Spider-Man lunges and, you know, inchworms and stuff like that and doing active. Right. And then, you know, there's, there's always been this kind of thought process around, well, you do active stretching before you work out and you do uh, static stretching after your workout. And, I'm not an expert and I don't claim to be an expert on the research of stretching, but it seems to me that there's it's because there's not very much of it. (laughs) There's that that there's like this conflict in the research where some people are like, if you stretch, it prevents injuries. And then other people are like, there's no research to support that. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Carissa, where do you stand on that? It's interesting that you say that. When I was introduced to FST in 2016, I was working at a gym as a professional trainer and coach. And I thought exactly that way. I was like, in order to train my body, I have to kill it and push it. And I don't really need recovery and stretching. And then I was able to experience it for myself and feel what it felt like to be on the table and be stretched and then get into that part of my fitness regimen. And for me, experiencing it firsthand, I know that that's a full body fitness and recovery plan. And I want to kind of instill that and and give that experience to my clients and let them know that we need this, whether it's your warm up before your game, because we can do that too. Um, I could teach my clients how to warm up their body and get ready because that's a different type of stretching. And then when it's their day off and they need that recovery session, that's also just as important as killing yourself in the gym. So that rest and recovery is where that magic happens, which a lot of us avoid because we think we have to go, go, go. 
Well, listen, I know it firsthand, right? And it's pure, purely anecdotal, but firsthand, I know if my hips are tight, my I'm more likely to have back pain, lower back pain, mm-hmm. right? So there's that kind of interconnectedness, which I think I want to kind of get into next is that one part of my body is tight and I'm feeling it in other parts of my body. And when I, for me, stretching has just been yoga because it's guided. I I don't really, I'm not a stretching expert. You know, I know how to increase mobility for clients. I know how to get them more flexible, but I would rather somebody guide me versus like where where I lift weights and I'm like, all right, I I don't want anybody touching my weightlifting program, right? So from that standpoint, you talked when in our discussion earlier about how things are interconnected. So can we dive into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the principles of FST are based off of Tom Meyer's anatomy trains, which talk about the myofascial lines of the body and the meridians. And that's where the interconnectedness comes from. These muscles cross each other at every line. And like you said, when your, your hips are hurting, your lower back hurts. What we do as practitioners, we say your hips are hurting. Well, there's more to that. It's not coming from your hips. It could be coming from somewhere else. So we dive deeper into where it's actually coming from. It could be coming from your neck. Your foot pain could be coming from your hip and so on and so on. And that's the way our body works and the way the fascia works. So we kind of go to the place where it doesn't originate from, where that pain originates from. And if you learn or you know anything about pain, that happens to a lot of my clients where that trauma gets caught somewhere that that trauma has been caught for a long time. And now we have to figure out where that trauma is and why it's there. And then then the recovery starts to happen. I find it really interesting that people think that if your back hurts, that it only can be in your back, that it, you know, that's that's all the only place that it can either originate from and end in where everything that we do, you know, if I tap my foot, my shoulders tend to tap with it. It's like everything that we do in terms of movement happens together. I mean, I'm sitting here talking right now, which I do most of the time. And because people can't see me, my hands are moving, my eyebrows are jumping up and down and my knees are kind of shaking. I don't just sit still and hold everything tight and just see my lips move. Everything goes together. Our bodies are interconnected and our mind doesn't just solely focus on one area either. So the best part about this discussion that I find to be really interesting is when I was dancing, part of being a ballet dancer is being hypermobile. Like Mm -hmm. we actually want to be too too flexible. And I have always been part of the reason why I got into dancing was because I was hypermobile. Like people like you should dance. That's something that you'd be good at. Yes. Um, And one of the things I learned with this type of practice was the areas of my body that were really flexible, like my hamstrings and my back, I would have, I had, I mean, the injury that caused me to leave dancing was hip pain, ironically, Mm -hmm. because my back was super flexible and my hamstrings were flexible and guess what couldn't support my structure. Absolutely. Right. So I started having a lot of hip pain and I started doing this type of body work. And it was incredible that the one area that was holding my body together structure wise was because I was too flexible in other aspects of my body. So you almost compensated at the hips. Yeah. And so you think of um, like I had a, I was thinking of 
of this the other day. I had a hairdresser who holds a hairdryer in one hand. She dries the same way over and over. So her right shoulder is a little bit more dominant, a little bit higher on one side. So you talk about repetitive movement. We talk about it in the gym from a lifting standpoint, but someone who is just repeating the same movement over and over day to day can have the same type of disturbances or response. Yeah, exactly. No, no, absolutely. And you made such great points. And we did a lot of training on dancers and hypermobile athletes. We talked about how to stretch that, that individual or that ballet dancer or that jazz dancer, because there are areas that you're super mobile in, but you're super tight in other areas. So mm-hmm. now we need to release those other areas in order to that, for them to even match and, and come together. And now how do we get to the end of your fascial lines? A lot of the times you're, you're flexible, but once I move your leg in a different direction, internally or externally, you're now going to feel a stretch that you probably haven't felt because you're always in external rotation. Yeah. So now, Hey, Nicole, let me put you in internal like rotation, parallel or internal or rotation. parallel. Yeah. You, you don't get about it. Parallel. <laughs> exactly. So now you get into that position, which you don't know that position. And now we have to kind of train your body to go back to that position or give you a response in that. Yeah. A release in that position. I think that part of part of strength training specifically, the difference between regular stretching, like in my mind is that this type of fascia release is through movement and breath, which is very different than what you do in, you know, on a table, if I was stretching myself, like I'm statically holding and trying to breathe and this yes. moving in all those directions is definitely what feels really good to, to your point. If I'm Absolutely. externally rotated all the time and you put me internal or parallel, these are the areas of my body that I don't normally get into in just basic human movement throughout the day. Yes, absolutely. And to your point of the hairdresser, I I have a hairdresser client who I see regularly and we usually start from the hips and go up. But once I even just release the hips on her, it starts to downregulate her body. And now her body goes back to a neutral position and her shoulders are such a great part of the therapy as well. But Mm -hmm. you see at the end of the session, such a difference. Now the problem is how do we stay in that position? So now you have to teach your clients to do this on their own when they walk out of the door and continue to learn how to self-traction and yeah, do those stretches that they can do or replicate that I can do on the table with them. Yeah. I guess we already covered who would use stretch therapy. We kind of <laughs> everybody. <Can> we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, um, it's definitely something everyone could use. It first started with athletes uh, and created this, I think it was the University of Arizona she was at and she had these big 300 pound linemen that she had to figure out a way to stretch them and they needed a therapy in their season that was going to make them feel good so they can get through their their training and their practices but they couldn't be injured they couldn't be sore so she came up with the system that was going to do that and allow them and she had a line out the door and just it just evolved from there Where is this in professional sports right now it's all over. Yeah, I have a it's... list of teams that do it. Uh, a lot of it in Canada, a lot in Arizona, a lot of professional athletes. Athletes, what I was going to say a minute ago is athletes are willing to do anything to optimize exactly. their performance because yes. that's why we had it in the dance world. If there was something you could do for me to keep me performing, 
I would let you roll me around on a table anyway. Like, absolutely. I feel like they're the same way. I think Get it's me through li- this. There's a little bit more of a mind block or a barrier with kind of general population because, like Daron, like you said, having people touch you or get that close to you or feel like maybe the practitioner doesn't know what they're doing, they're a little bit more hesitant to allow that type of uh, no connection or. Yeah, a lot of people are like, wait, what is it that you do? And to explain what I do and see it, it's it's a very intimate therapy. You're you're the therapist is using their body to manipulate and move that client through those planes of motion. And that's why it's so effective and special because it there's nothing like it. And now you're using a little bit of security to kind of get that person through that stretch because now I'm hugging that person's leg in yeah. a session. And they're close to my body and that energy is exchanged. And now it's allowing them to release and feel comfortable. Yeah. Like you talk about human touch. Yeah. I know Dorona, if we want to get into this, we can get into this, but I think human touch is a big piece to this because like you said, the physical contact, while some people may be a little bit turned off by that, it actually is the piece that feels good that you have someone quote unquote, dancing through the breath with you, telling you when to breathe, telling you when to relax. My practitioner used to use like light taps when he would want me to press in, light taps when he would pull away. So that's part of the cues. Yeah, but that felt good. It felt good. Yes. And you have clients that don't understand that sometimes because PM traditional PNF Mm -hmm. is kind of aggressive. Like when you ask to press on an object or a client, or no, I'm sorry, or a practitioner is usually with a hundred percent force. But what we do, it's like, give me 10%, give me 30%. You don't have to press hard. It's just yeah. a little tap in order to get a response out of that muscle or that fascia and that tissue. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to move you to the next plane of motion. So that's where it's different. So we talked a lot about PNF, but never really defined it. So can we get a little bit into that? And there's the nervous system connected with that yeah. as well, correct? So traditional PNF would be contracting, relaxing your muscle against an object. So if you're stretching the hamstring, you either contract that quad as you go deeper into the stretch and then you relax and then you contract your hamstring and then you go, you relax and you go deeper into that stretch. And while you're doing that, you're in that one plane, like Nicole was talking about, you are facilitating that muscle to relax, but we use more of a reflexive response, which is light taps. And our PNF is held for only one to three seconds with breath as we move through the movement. Gotcha. Now we did discuss a little bit in our, in our conversation earlier, you know, before recording this, we talked a little bit about the lymphatic system and how the stretch therapy can affect your your fluids and in the, in the lymphatic system. So can you touch up on that a little bit for us? Yeah. So because when you're you're doing this fascia work, you're working the superficial fascia. So now in that superficial fascia, there's nerves, there's muscles, there's different cells. And part of that is the lymphatic system. So now these light touches and these light stretches and this dance is now causing a response in in your lymphatic system that is going to allow it to either reset or kind of calm down and bring it back to where it needs to be. It helps release stress and anxiety. Um, It helps regulate your nervous system. And a lot of the times my clients 
will have to get up in the middle of the session. I know I did when I was getting stretched to go to the bathroom because it's detoxifying. It's moving things around that have not been moved around either in a long time or probably forever. Yeah, I always get a little nauseous or queasy. Or not. That's, that's my Absolutely. Thing. My client said that the other day and I was like, it was his first time being stressed by me, but he has gotten other body work. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is exactly what it felt like when I was at with my, um, I think it was a naturopathic doctor that did yeah. something on him. And he's like, I know it's working now. Yeah. And I'm like, I used to, um, I used to have that same response with acupuncture. Like she would hit a pressure point and I'd be like, Ooh, yeah. Um, I think from with, in terms of lymphatic system, one of the things when we, I, I don't know if our listeners have ever experienced it, either of you have ever experienced it, but if you've ever like had a really heavy workout and you've hold, I, I don't know if it's just a female thing, but I I'll, sometimes when I'm really sore days after my legs will feel a little bit poofy or a little bit fluid filled. Yes. Um, and the first thing I do is go and try and gently stretch and move things around, specifically lying down so that I, f- you can feel the difference in that release, do even just breathing and Darone, even if you're doing just something as basic as yoga and moving through your positions, because all of that um, stress on your nervous system is what creates that water retention. Well, I tell people all the time too, like if you want to get rid of uh, eliminate waste from yeah. your workouts, right? The lymphatic system is kind of like a sewage system, yep. right? But yep. it, it operates different than your cardiovascular system because your cardiovascular system, you have your heart pumping things through mm-hmm. and the lymphatic system, unless you're moving around, exactly, right, you're not, you're not moving around that, uh, that fluid right? That sewage system isn't moving. It's like basically clogged. Yeah. And you're, you know, that's also going to affect your immune system because the lymphatic system is, you know, when, for example, when you aren't feeling well, you have a sore throat and your lymph nodes are swollen, right? That's, those are immune responses, right? So FST and the effects on your immune system, I would imagine are also going to be helpful as well. Absolutely. I did a 90 minute session when we were in training and we get cold and I experienced chills and that's, that was a normal response. My instructor said, and they bring over blankets because now you're, like you said, you're kind of, you're resetting your nervous system and it's down regulating. And now it's going to just get rid of everything that it needs to get rid of. And it's, you get cold or you have to go to the bathroom or a lot of the times it releases emotions, emotional responses, people cry. Mm -hmm. So I want to yeah. get into that. I want to get into the emotional stuff because that's one of the things. Oh, that we, Daron. We, I want to get, I want to get, all, I want to get mushy here. You want to get all mushy? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever so, cried in Shavasana? I've never yeah. cried. I've never I cried. I have. I've never yep. cried in my life. I believe the fifth. Get big teddy bear. So uh, let's talk about the emotional, the psychological piece to uh, this therapy. And, you know, you talked a lot about, people that hold tension in their body, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just, Hey, you've been sitting on the couch all day and you're, you're immobile. Your hips are tight because you're in this seated position or your hamstrings are tight because they're shortened all day from sitting mm-hmm. at a desk. Mm-hmm. It's not just countering your, you know, daily civilized living and sitting in a chair or sitting on the bus, to- right? Yeah. It, it's also your emotions that you're carrying within your fascia or your muscles. Yes, correct. So part of it, part of the part you really can't see or hear or feel is there's a spiritual aspect to 
this therapy and that's why they're they called stretch therapy but it's like they they're trying to change the name now into more of a transformational art because it encompasses encompasses everything excuse me and at level three we experienced this with one of our co-workers that we were working on and this happens with my clients as well she had a, like a really tight neck and in the middle of our session of us learning we all had to clear the room and you know, we, we didn't know what was going on, but about an hour later, Anne told us she was able to share it with us that she was a victim of, you know, abuse. And either she was a rape victim or there was some type of violence in her life. And she just broke out crying. And that's also a normal response. Um, if you are familiar with yoga, like Nicole just said, that happens in a lot of yoga poses. It happens when you open up the hips. You can get an emotional response where there's stuck trauma and emotions there. And that happens all throughout different parts of your body. It's hard to explain. Nicole, you kind of touched upon it before. Yeah. If you, if you want to add to that. I think like a basic example that one of my dance ballet teachers used to use is if you approach the bar and you're clenching in your jaw or you're clenching your teeth, or if you've ever experienced, I know Daron, you've experienced like grinding your teeth. Those are all mm -hmm. unconscious tension that we kind of don't, well, we, we don't know that it's from something that happened in our day-to-day -day life or something that may have happened in the past an argument with a friend, uh, you know, toxic relationship yep. with a family member or a re or a husband, wife, spouse. A lot of the the what I call the people that kind of grunt and tough through things tend to be the people that bury or suppress those emotions, and suppress. they have to go yep. somewhere. Like pe this is the stuff that yep. people find a little kind of off the cuff, but I I absolutely believe it. And so yes. if you approach even just general lifting or a sport you know, these athletes that are trying to perform, they'll tell you they have to clear their mind and be completely open to be able to approach the task. It's just like if you're approaching the, you know, Olympic bar and you're trying to deadlift, the last thing you want to do is have any tension in any part of your body. You want everything relaxed. The same yep. thing when we would approach the bar and dance, everything has to be open. So part of this therapy that I found really helpful is where you don't even know that you're holding on to things, it sets in your body in somewhere. And then it just manifests differently. Like my neck would be tense or I would be clenching my Absolutely. jaw or Daron yep. sleeps with a bite guard now because he's you know, frustrated <laughs> with do. somebody and just doesn't talk get, about it. Because I get frustrated with you, Nicole. Exactly. That's okay. You can, that's, so, that's a good example. <laughs> that is also, if you look at anyone's body, just to, to piggyback on that, and you look at their superficial front line or right. Front line. When you see someone tra with trauma, you see them internally, like a head down, chest head down. concave. Yeah. Yes. Spinal up, and it's it's um that's science there, and that's the science that you see throughout the years of um, evolution. And if you look at like how cat when when cats get scared, what do they do? They go into that position. Pounce. Yeah. So that's where the the science of it comes in, Daron, and the fascial lines. So it's hard to explain that when we go and open that. And now we're allowing that tissue to breathe. And the people that come off the table or leave my office are like, wow, I couldn't get through the day without that. I feel like I have this burst of energy or euphoric. And it's, it's so hard to put that science and that word to it. But it's, it's the experience. And that's the spiritual part of it.
that you have to experience yourself. Yeah. I think oh, tension sits places. And if you don't know that it's even, if you don't even know that that's where it's sitting in your body and you're not aware of how it affects you, seeing a practitioner who can look at you from the outside, just like you mentioned, watching you, like we watch people in their gait when they run for the exact yeah. same things, right? We watch someone approach the bar before they, you know, pick up the bar for a deadlift to see what their setup point is. Yep. It's the same thing in the way they stand. You can't breathe correctly if you have a forward head posture or tight exactly. chest, those types Absolutely. of things. That's where tension ends up setting in certain areas. So for you as a practitioner, when someone gets on the table or stands in front of you and you do just a body scan, you can see already yep. where things might start to tighten, crumple, well, I don't know what other words are, but you know, like just not yes. functioning correctly. And yep. then you can get in, move things around, open it up. They stand taller. They can breathe better, feel better. Yeah. Feel better. Absolutely. And that, I mean, eventually after, I think I did like three or four sessions, I literally felt like I was smarter. <laughs> right. Yeah. See, which clearly <laughs> not the case, but I felt like my, I could think better because clearer, clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, Nicole, I think you need sessions. <laughs> maybe maybe it brings some more good stuff to this podcast. Shut up, Daron. I could find you a practitioner in Boston. Well, that would be something that we should we should probably like put in either our session notes as someone good that you know in the Boston area so I can recommend. We have a Facebook group mind. and we yeah. can post it and okay. we also have a directory as well where you could find a practitioner that's yeah. located in your town. Yeah. I think you know, it's a, it's interesting because I I've <laughs> I've seen firsthand Carissa with you and I working in the gym together where people would be like, where's Carissa? Is Carissa available? I, I want to be stretched and or like always just looking for you for stretching. And I'm like, wait a second, you want to pay how much for what? Right. Yep. I, I, that's like the initial response. But, you know, as I think about it and I think about things that I've done and I've paid a lot of money for, mm -hmm. I had a massage therapist come to my apartment twice a week when I was prepping for my bodybuilding show to keep my body exactly. in the best yeah. shape possible. And it helps tremendously similar to something like FST. No, absolutely. And the whole manipulation of the fascia and the lymphatic system goes with that and, and goes with, like you were saying before, how do those everything go together? But when I was competing as well, my nervous system and lymphatic system was all out of whack. Right. And I didn't discover this until probably when I was f finished with my first competition. And I, and I wish I did have a practitioner that was there for me to, to help me through it because my first session when I was in Toronto, I felt like the world, like the weight was lifted off my sh shoulders. And when I got back to New York, I was like, oh my God, I felt like, like you said, smarter, hotter, yeah. better. Like I'm going to have the best year of my life. And that's the response it gives you. And you're like, why? Like, you don't even know why, but then you stop going to sessions and then the world comes back on your shoulders and work <laughs> piles up. And I think this is why those people go into the gym saying, I need you and I have to find you. And why, you know, since I got this cert, Darone, my business just took off and, you know, just having this and experience of this and, and seeing people coming back and it's just that it helps them. That's the biggest part for me that I think stretching alone it. is um, people don't do it enough anyway, but in terms of recovery, just even, you know, if we go from like gym stretching, foam rolling, the Theraguns are out now, which are a big thing. Yep. 
fascia blaster, which yeah. I like have clients have bought those like stuff like that. And I'm like, those are all great options, but I don't think people realize the difference between having a practitioner analyze your body, find out where, what your needs really are. Um, it's the same thing with personal training. Like yep. anybody can do a workout on- online, Yes, but it's very different when you have someone there to help guide you through it. So I'm all for hiring the person that can help you. If I needed help buying a car or purchasing a house, you, you find the person that knows all the information that you need yeah. to do to successfully complete that task. So I'm all for practitioners, coaches, obviously, because, you know, I'll say for a, for a, you a, need a, it from a recovery standpoint, you oftentimes you see this all the time. It's like clients are in the stone ages and it's like recovery is everything. And people come in and they're just like, I just want you to beat me up and I want to burn a bunch of calories mm-hmm. working out. And I, well, right. I want to do all this, all these things. And I'm like, you know, it's recovery is like a thousand times more important than the actual workout itself. Yeah. yeah but that's because right? they're all only and focused then, on the calorie burning. And then this is yeah. where the, this is where this comes in is like your recovery is more important. Right. And doing something like FST is going to help you to recover, to optimize your body, to optimize the way you feel both emotionally and physically. Right. And absolutely. And and then you're able to recover from your workouts, build lean muscle, and then increase your resting metabolic rate and then go into all the things that you want to do, weight loss, fat loss, all the things that we always talk about. But you're able to do those things more efficiently. That to me is way more important than coming in and, you know, spending money with a trainer who's just going to kick your ass and run you through a a boot camp style workout. Yeah. Absolutely. You need all of them. You need the team. I like the word team because you had said yes. that earlier. You need a team of people that you have the right trainer that gives you the programs that, that helps you to do everything correctly. So you're not getting hurt, but you're still creating that muscle oh, progressive overload, things that work for your body. You need the recovery that's proper for your body. And then you need the nutrition piece that is going to help you to achieve whatever goal you want. But ultimately having all of those uh, things kind of lined up. And then once you know what works best for you, yeah. then, you know, you tend to, that's why you get people chasing you around the gym. Cause they know it, it works and it feels good for it them. feels good. They're like, where is she? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a great point because your recovery day should really be a day where you're either meditating, going for a walk, right. doing a therapy that's going to be mind body and your, your wellness and fitness program should have those in there, like a good nutrition coach or a nutritionist, a good either stretch therapist or yoga instructor, a really good trainer that understands the body. And, you know, that takes a lot of work and money. So that's why people just do these Instagram workouts or they're just Mm -hmm. order it, downloading a program and they're not getting the same effects. Yeah. I'm all for investing. So you learn about your body and then take what you can from what you learn and do the best you can on your own. And then, you know, supplement when you need it, if they need to see you during a time post-pregnancy or training for a specific event or like a marathon runner, like amazing to work for you to work with, you know, things that you may not want to pay for these services all the time, but certain times in your life when you're trying to make change. Yeah. Absolutely. If you could pick three things that our listeners could take from this type of practice, what would be your top three kind of takeaways? So number one, I would tell someone to get involved in some type of recovery and stretching, whether it's FST, whether it's a yoga, um, some type of passive stretching. During FST, we do passive and active, but 
something that's going to downregulate your nervous system and get you where you need to be. So I would either find something online, um, look up a stretch therapy studio in your town Mm -hmm. and actually just go and see what it feels like to just experience that and go to someone that has the fascial stretch therapy background versus maybe just someone that's going to stretch you in a gym that doesn't have this extensive background in training. And then I would really tell someone to get in kind of touch with their actual kind of routines and how they're they're living their life day to day. Do they wake up? Do they have really good habits in the morning? Do they mm-hmm. wake up and feel like they were hit by a bus or do they actually feel good in the morning? Mm-hmm. Have a morning routine and have an evening routine and make sure they're they're incorporating that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I would say to keep an open mind and get to know what the fascia is and how it affects every part of your your being. So that's what my Those two are your three. I like it. Find a good yes. practitioner, get involved, research it yourself and figure out, you know, learn a little bit more about it. And then daily habits that may, you know, surround your feeling your goals, of your goals. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. A good. Yeah. Well, Carissa, thank you very much. I will say that I didn't really understand fully. And we talked about this uh, fascial stress therapy prior to us talking about this wait hold on i have a question have you let carissa get you on the table yet no carissa offered and it was it was a day (laughs) all right it was a day i was like why don't you come feel this before i go on the podcast (laughs) and was like uh, i have to go snowboarding (laughs) i have to go i you know it probably would have been beneficial it probably would have been beneficial to do it before snowboarding Uh, yeah i was just gonna say okay well here's the thing just to this this wrap up here Doron, you have to do a session with her. All right. And I'll and I'll follow up on that. And then we'll follow up. Yeah. We'll talk about it. All right. Deal. (laughs) Okay. That sounds great. Carissa, I'm gonna text you. We're gonna get this in the books. But thank you for coming on. Thank you guys so much for having me. And how do we find you? Yeah. You could find me on my Instagram. Which is your Instagram handle. Carissa Marie. C-A-R-I-S-A M-A-R-I-E. And then you underscore fitness. That's okay. my Instagram. And then my website is www.thebodyologist.com. Thebodyologist.com. Yes. Excellent. And, and are you working primarily or only in the New York area? Like what's the As of right now, yes. Garden City, New York. Garden City, New York. Check out Carissa. Go for some FST. Get a good cry session in. <laughs> and I'm going to do the same. If you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week. 